I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forevermore. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. This morning we'll be singing from the hymn, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Some of you might know, like, there's like this old <laughs> 90s um Gosh, this old 90s, might, might have been Mariotham Music um, Festival, whatever, um, worship song. That's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about um, the really rich uh, hymn by Charles Wesley, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy book. Some fly while the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high. Hide me, oh my Savior, till the storm of life is past safe into the haven guide oh receive my soul at last other refuge have i none hangs my helpless soul on shadow of your 
Father, I stretch my hand to you. No other help I know. We're going to read from Psalm 70, verses 1 through 6. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those who seek my life be ashamed and altogether dismayed. Let those who take pleasure in my misfortune draw back and be disgraced. Let those who say to me, Aha! and gloat over me turn back, because they are ashamed. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say forever, Great is the Lord. But as for me, I am poor and I am needy. Come to me speedily, O God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not tarry. Father, I stretch my hand to you. No other help do I know. We're going to be reading from Ruth 2 today. And so um, let us hear now the word of the Lord as we continue to study together the book of Ruth. Now Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I might find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went, and she came, and she gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting even for a moment. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she felt, felt then she fell prostrate and her face to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I'm just a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and you left your mother and your native land and you came to a people that did not that did not uh, that you did not know before may the lord reward you for your deeds and may you have a full reward from the lord the god of israel under whose wings you have come for refuge then she said may i continue to find favor in your sight my lord for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant even though i am not one of your servants at mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some of this bread and dip your morsel in the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he heaped up for her some parched grain. She ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she got up to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, Let her glean even among the standing sheaves and do not reproach her. 
You must also pull out some handfuls for her from the bundles and leave them for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. And she picked it up and she came to the town and her mother-in-law saw how she how much she had gleaned and then she took out and gave her what was left over after she herself had been satisfied her mother-in-law said to her where did you glean today and where have you worked blessed be the man who took notice of you so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said the name of the man who i worked with was boaz and then naomi said to her daughter-in-law blessed be he by the lord whose kindness has not forsaken us has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, The man is a relative of ours, one of our nearest kin. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay close by my servants until they have finished all my harvest. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is better, my daughter, that you go out with this young man. Otherwise, you might be bothered in another field. So she stayed close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as you remember, Naomi um, is from Judah, and Naomi and Ruth together have returned to Judah, and uh, and there's a barley harvest. These fields are, are rich in resources now, but they have no food, they have no husbands, they have no one to go out and 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 glean um, what they need for to, to live on. And so Ruth um, goes out into the field as as a worker and she works all day long in the fields. Um, I mean, think for free so that she might be able to stay back afterwards and just pick up the little pieces that had been dropped below the sheaves. And so, you know, Boaz notices how hard she's working. Who is that woman out there working so hard and staying so late? He inquires about it, about her and, and finds out, you know, she, she's from, she's from Moab. She's a foreigner, but he, he knows, he knows Naomi. He knows Naomi, they're relatives. And so he's so profoundly um, taken aback by how much Ruth is willing to work all day long and well into the evening to make sure that she can glean enough food to feed herself and feed her mother-in-law, that she would choose to cling close to an aging woman, um, a woman who could be provided for, um, should be provided for by the rest of, of, of the village and yet is not because she's without husband and, and there's no one left to care for her and, and she's vulnerable. And Ruth, um, Ruth chooses to stay with her and glean. And so Boaz, realizing this kind of love and devotion, Boaz says to her, um, you know, I'll make sure that no one bothers you. I'll make sure that no men come and, um, and you know, sexually harass you and, and, um, and ask you where you're from and, and, and all the things that would be expected uh, her to, to, to receive being a foreigner in a land that's not her own and, and as a single woman. And he says, you stick close to my girls, stick close to, to my girls and they'll make sure you have what you need. He invites her to come eat with him. They set out a table for dinner. And this is somebody who is not 
of their family. This is somebody who has no social standing whatsoever. And Boaz pulls out a, a seat at the table. And this is incredibly strange. And after she has her fill and her stomach is completely full and she wants to go back out into, into the harvest at, at nighttime to continue gleaning because after all, she has to bring home a harvest for Naomi. And she may, she, just barely enough that Naomi may have enough to eat. After this, he, he sends his men with her and says, don't just let her pick up all the things below the sheaves at the end of the day. Don't just, don't just let her glean among what's left over. Allow her to actually take full-on um, sheaves home with her. Help her. Help her find um, this bounty of harvest that she can take home to Naomi. He instructs the men to, to cut them for her so that she may bring home this just handful. And so she, she comes home to Naomi at the end and she shows Naomi all that she has. And it is unbelievable how much she's brought home. It is weeks and weeks and weeks full of food. And Naomi says, who is this man? She goes, I actually think you know him. I think think he's a relative of yours, actually. Um, he knew Elimelech, and he, he's, he has claimed me as his kin. Not just you as, as his kin, as somebody from Judah, but he's claimed me also, and he's, he's taking care of me, and Naomi instructs her, instructs her to stay as close as she can to him. This is where we are in the story. And of course, there's there's going to be much more to the story of Ruth and Boaz. But um, but what a what a beautiful story. Um, what we talked about on Sunday during worship was how uh, part of our privilege um, in westernized society is our ability to kind of compartmentalize and separate and, and make separate. You know, we have rich and poor. We have hungry and we have satisfied and 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 and. I mean, we have earlier, what we talked about on Sunday was Naomi and, and how she is both Naomi and Mara, right? You have the depressed and you have those who are well. And, and we like to draw these lines. And, and Richard Rohr, if you remember the video, talks about it and calls it dualistic thinking. We draw these lines and, and what we understand is good and what we don't understand, what's mysterious to us, what what we can't possibly understand from our you know, limited worldview or our, our privileged worldview, we set it aside as bad and, and, and we begin drawing these lines. And what I love about this story today is how <laughs> the walls we set up um, just, just keep spilling over these walls. It can't be contained. Um, you know, Boaz from Judah, Ruth from Moab, Ruth, a young woman, not at all capable to take care of a household. Um, you know, she, she's a young woman, her body, her body strength, she, she's not particularly the strongest person. She's, um, she's vulnerable. And yet she comes home with an entire pile full of, of, um, of, of, of a harvest for them to, to eat on for, for weeks. Um, Boaz, a man who has power and there is no reason whatsoever for him to acknowledge her. There's no re why, reason why he has to, to, um, I mean, that's, he, this is his, his life's, um, this is how he earns his money. What, what, what is in these fields? This is how he supports his family. Uh, he's, he is risking his own family support and his own livelihood to be able to help, um, Ruth, a man who has all the power he needs, doesn't need to care for Ruth. There's no possible reason why he has to. And yet he lays aside his own power, 
his own privilege, his own life, his own security in order to take care of Ruth and Naomi. Um, just constantly, our, our boundaries are being, are being broken down. And, and every way we split in this story, um, male and female and privileged and poor and, and, and weak and strong and, and depressed and, and, uh, and, and someone in emotion, somebody who's emotionally, um, um, with it or whatever, whatever you, whatever these lines we draw are, it just keeps spilling over the walls. And so I wonder for you today, as we read this story, um, what lines have you, have you drawn? I wonder what lines you've drawn and they may not be Obviously, they may, they may not be um, lines that are obvious. Um, for instance, um, I've been talking in the church recently about um, about intergenerational worship and how difficult it is, how difficult it is to help a congregation create relationships that bleed over the borders of generation. Uh, we we naturally cling to those who are like us. And so relationships form, and over time, um, you know, we have the thirty-somethings hang out together, and the and the and the the sixty-somethings hang out together, and and the kids get sent to you know children's church, and we begin to just form these boundaries in our life, and our lives were not meant to be so 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 categorized. They're, and it is our privilege that we are that we ca be, we begin to categorize our lives into these sections. And so, I wonder for you, where have you been drawing lines? Where have you been like a Tupperware container, walling off yourself from other people, um, walling off areas of your life? Success. This is what success looks like. This is what failure looks like. Um, this is what good looks like. This is what bad looks like. How have you done that? I wonder how God is calling you out of that and how God is calling you into this integrated life where, um, uh, you know, Jesus talks about the wheat and the weeds where we all are in our, in ourselves can notice the wheat and the weeds, right? We're, it's, we're not people of wheat we're people of weeds. We all have places of wheat and we, um, we all have places of wheat and weeds in ourselves and, and are we allowing the wheat to inform the weeds and the weeds to inform the wheat? Are we allowing our light to shine into our darkness and our darkness to, to, to illumine even brighter our light? That's my question for you today. How are you categorizing? Would you pray with me? God, you are good and you are mysterious. And even who you are spills over the walls of our categorization. We, we love to separate and, and because this is how our minds work, God, because if we, if we don't know what bad is, how will we know what good is? If we don't know what, we don't know what failure looks like, how will we know what success looks like? If we don't know what, what um, impoverished looks like, how will we know um, what wealthy looks like? And, and so we just draw these lines and, and, and we know, God, that as, as people in Westernized society is generally successful people, um, based on these standards, that, that that sets us up to be distant from others, that sets us up to, to put ourselves at arm's length from those um, who, are, who, are, who are living lifestyles, who are in socioeconomic, um, their socioeconomic status is different from ours, their neighborhood is different from ours, their way of life is different from ours. It sets, it sets us up to keep them at arm's length. And so we, we ask for your forgiveness, God. We ask for the way we've done that in the church, 
the way we've walled ourselves off generationally or um, the way we have have created boundaries between contemporary worship and traditional worship and this is this and this is this and in a good church and a bad church and a in a and a um, good sermons and bad sermons and and we Sundays where where I feel like going to church and Sundays when I don't feel like going to church how we just separate we separate everything and, and we allow our lives to not be integrated where we're connected to one another where we're each other's brother's keeper where it matters for the whole of the body whether or not we show up we're grateful God that in the life of Jesus you showed us what an integrative life is to look like where life and faith just you can't even find the difference in them they don't they don't they are not easily separated but they're just so interconnected just inter integrated into this this holistic life of what it means to be a christian and so we pray that prayer that that prayer that that teaches us not to separate that asks you to to help us break down our walls that prayer jesus taught us to pray our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining. I see um, some of you have joined us already, Jennifer and Cameron and, and Jamie. It's so great to have you with us. Um, I, I would love to read this one little quote from John Howard Yoder that I thought was really important before we, um, before we wrap up. The work of God is, is the calling of a people, whether in the old covenant or in the new. The church is then not simply the bearer of the message of reconciliation, in the way a newspaper or a telephone company can bear any message with which it is entrusted. No, nor is the church simply the result of a message, as an alumni association is the product of a school or the crowds in a theater are the product of a reputation of a film, that, that men and women are called together to a new social wholeness is itself the work of God. That's the church which gives meaning to all of history, a new social wholeness. I would say that the, the root of that social wholeness is to break down our dualistic thinking. So may the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again to our doors. Have a great Wednesday. There is peace.